The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Atal Design, your premium mobility and product design partner since 1968. Atal Design inspires, integrates, develops, and produces the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions. Automotive News Europe podcast for June 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at Ainey. Really happy you could join us. Peugeot has had a string of successful launches going back to 2016 with the reimagined 3008, which got a huge boost from transforming into a compact SUV after starting its life as a minivan. Next up for Peugeot, the 308, which is the most important European launch of 2021 for the French automaker's new parent, Stellantis. Agnès Tassonfaget led development of the compact hatchback. She and her team gave the 308 a sleeker body and added a plug-in hybrid variant to help it better compete against its number one rival and the segment's longtime leader, the Volkswagen Golf. Tasson Faget spoke with a e News Editor Peter Siegel about the other key decisions that were made when creating the new 308. First of all, I wanted to start with what is the launch calendar for the new Peugeot 308? Our plan is currently to start the launch from October this year. So it will be um, country by country in a way, but all countries in Europe will be launched by the end of this year. Will that be all different, uh, both the different powertrains that would be primarily internal combustion and also plug-in hybrid? From the start, we'll get the plug-in hybrid as well as uh, IC versions, but the whole range should be available. There might be a, a gap uh, of one or two months maximum for those who would expect the 180 horsepower um, hybrid, it will come a little later, but the 225 uh, will be available from the launch. And you're going to have two different hybrid power levels, that's correct? Yeah. And why are you doing that? We've been looking very carefully at the customer's usage of their powertrains. Typically, the, the, the hybrid is very much aligned with the most of uh, customers' requests or, or needs uh, of the segment. The, the CH segment is very much into, um, how would you say, um, multi-experience. Multi they want to drive highways and they want to be in the city. They, 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 it's not only for the, for not only city or not only uh, long way. So BHEV is the, is the perfect version. And having two different um, uh, offers, one, is extremely, let's say, mainstream and will address uh, mostly um, uh, fleet customers or commuters, usual commuters, let's say. And of course, we have also customers who are very much looking for performance or let's say more dynamic uh, way of driving. And uh, the 225 is very much appropriate for these customers. And uh, by the way, this 225 horsepower version is uh, available only in the GT uh, versions. So for really um, upmarket versions. What mix do you expect between the plug-in hybrid versions and 
the pure internal combustion versions. I know obviously electrification is growing in Europe and growing very fast. The point is we expect uh, as much as possible, let's say. We are able to uh, address the, the, the in terms of uh, number of car, cars produced, the, the um, maximum mix uh, we could expect. Let's say it's around 20%. Um, the, the point is when it will come. Uh, is it uh, this year or next year or the year after? It, it will very much depend on regulations, on customers' usage. But definitely we are ready to, to deliver a lot. Do you think that one of the plug-in models will replace diesel in the very near future? It's very difficult to say. Uh, I mean, and it's not so easy to answer uh, as a whole. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the new 308 will be sold obviously mostly in Europe because the CH segment is extremely European. Uh, we have customers uh, abroad also, uh, overseas, like uh, in uh, Northern Af Africa or, or South America. Uh, the point is not all markets will go at the same speed. Diesel has not the same, uh, currently not the same ranking uh, on every market. It's very high in France, but it's not as high in uh, some other countries. So it's very difficult to anticipate. So uh, it's, 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 I, I, I don't think it will, it will drastically change uh, tomorrow or uh, let's say today uh, in the very short term. It's, it's only my own perception. As I said, we are ready to, to switch uh, as soon as the customers are, are ready to. Is it a question of initial purchase price or a, cost, a question of total cost of ownership? Because I think that some of the less expensive plug-in hybrid models will cost about the same as a fully optioned diesel model. But you could imagine with plug-in hybrids, you might have a lower TCO. Your, your question is extremely accurate. Definitely, that's the way we want to build our mainstream offer with the 180 is definitely to be as close as possible in, ter in terms of TCO compared to traditional uh, engines so that the customer can just take his decision based on the way he will use the car or the way he, he wants to also benefit from any bonus or regulation and with the let's say the lowest impact in terms of tco so we we definitely work on a, uh, on the tco to to be as close as possible to uh, usual tco of the of the traditional engines yeah Let's talk about the C segment a little bit in Europe. It's, it's, as you say, it's a very traditionally European segment. It has to be a family car. It has to be a daily car. A lot of things come together in the C segment, but in recent years, it's not been growing very much. Uh, been losing ground to SUVs and crossovers, even to B segment SUVs and crossovers. Uh, and then this year, we have some new full electric entrants with the Volkswagen ID3. Of course, the Golf has been the traditional leader. How do you see the segment changing, and what is the place of the new 308 in that segment? Not talking about how I see it, but how our um, uh, volume planners see, see the, the segment. They don't anticipate a major growth, but they don't anticipate any more uh, a reduction of the, the overall segment in the European market. My belief is definitely that efficiency, the efficiency of the CH is, is a, a major asset in the future. 
uh, we see from nature the car is uh, more efficient, so less CO2, less consumption. Uh, it's definitely more uh, appropriate considering the, the regulations ahead. So I believe it might increase a little bit, but that's not what we have in the forecast. It's, it's just flat, right? Compared to SUV, which is also flat, but uh, currently above the, the currently the the saloon uh, versions. We'll continue our conversation with Agnès Tassonfaget after this message. Since 1968, Atal Design has been pioneering the road of mobility, putting forward distinctive design and innovative technological solutions. Ital Design knows how to implement customers' ideas, creating iconic and functional products that effectively improve the approach to mobility. Ital Design today offers services to support customers in achieving their targets, styling and creativity with virtual reality and immersive user experience. Vehicle development from components to whole product, from concept to production. Electric and electronics development and artificial intelligence serving e-traction. Vehicle network. HMI, and autonomous driving, assembly and construction of models, show cars, prototypes, and small series. Ital Design adopts a flexible approach to match products and services to customer needs, providing lean development process to established OEMs, acting as a system integrator and technology enabler with newcomers and defining product creation processes and strategies to startups. Ital Design inspires the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions, paving the way towards a better life for all. To learn more about how Ital Design moves the industry, visit its website at www.italdesign.it. When Peugeot was redesigning the new 308, what was your goal for the current, the new generation, and are you looking to gain market share with the new 308? We have great ambitions with the new 308 of Peugeot. Uh, we replaced a very performing car, which is already extremely performing. We want to, to go ahead, to be a, a step ahead. And uh, as you might probably know, the, the segment uh, currently uh, is dominated in Europe as a whole by German cars, uh, be it Volkswagen Golf or premium cars. Our our ambition is to is to join on the podium, or it means to take the the place of one of them, and that's probably uh, that's a, mostly the reason why you see the, how the car has evolved in terms of design, where we want the design to be uh, among the most attractive uh, in the segment and uh, uh, the most attractive and currently are definitely. Um, premium cars with their, um, their body balance, which is quite uh, specific. It's, it's a longer bonnet with a, and a, it's much more dynamic compared to, to mainstream hatch. Uh, uh, and that's what we wanted to do, is to, to fight with their, with their, with their um, weapons. You're also going to have a station wagon. What mix do you expect between the two? There are not a lot of C-segment station wagons on the European market anymore, but what mix do you foresee for, for the station wagon? With the current 308 SW, we have a, a very strong position on the European market of the uh, SW. 
So definitely we have customers uh, who are still, and the customers of these segments, of these kind of body type, they are very much into the the, the SW. Mm -hmm. they, they like it very much and they will keep renewing with the SW. Um, so we have customers, we have um, definitely um, a Peugeot touch for, for, for that kind of cars. And also we make the bet that uh, at some stage, uh, customers who went to the SUV for uh, multi-purpose kind of cars, when they want um, efficiency, when they don't want to pay to pay uh, ta extra taxes, or they want, they just want to have a cleaner car, in, in, so to speak, they will find what they are looking for in the SW. So I think SW is not dead, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, at least the forecast is is also a very flat uh, segment. It's it's not losing ground. It's just flat. Mm -hmm. So and there are not so many actors on, on the on the on the market. Uh, much less than we have in the in the hatch. Uh, so we have a, we are extremely legitimate on on, on this with, on this segment with Peugeot, and uh, we think we will be able to bring something quite um, um, special. Because as you can imagine, the the new 308 SW will have the same. A dynamic posture and, uh, and the same stance as we have put on the on the hatch. So we definitely uh, think it it will have a good good uh, feedback from the from the market. I wanted to look ahead a little bit. It's been confirmed from from Peugeot that there will eventually be a full electric 308. Uh, what are the plans for that? Is that going to be around 22, 23, around then? And how will that work with having the plug-in hybrid model and also having a conventional internal combustion engine model? How do you foresee this all changing and developing? Obviously, I will not give every detail. As you understood, it's not coming right now. It's in the plans, definitely, and uh, it's confirmed. We are very much into um, the strategy of power of choice, and with the 308 being uh, the multi-purpose, um, multi-kind of usage uh, car for the family and all. Obviously, uh, it's maybe the one which is uh, very much uh, able to to carry both uh, electric and uh, and hybrid versions. Uh, how we will manage it in terms of offers, uh, as, as I just said earlier, the, the crystal ball is not that uh, clear currently. Mm -hmm. It's definitely we will. The point is we will be able to adapt to the market's evolutions and the customers' expectations. So for me, that's that's our strength with this uh, powertrain offer, which looks wide in a way as. At launch, we have diesel, we have petrol, and uh, hybrid. Electric version coming. Uh, at the end of the day, we will be able to adjust and adapt to any any market major market evolutions, which is key. I wanted to ask about performance versions. You mentioned earlier that the most powerful plug-in hybrid will only be available in GT line. But at the same time, of course, there was the famous Peugeot 308 GTI, which was a very high-performing model. Uh, could compete with the best sports hot hatchbacks in Europe. And now Peugeot, of course, has the sport engineering division, and the first product is a plug-in hybrid from 
the 508. Will we see another very high performance version of the 308? This is not currently in the in the uh, product planning at this stage. Hmm. I'm not saying we will not get it, but it's not in the planning currently. Uh, I wanted to ask um, one other thing, and it's sort of an open-ended question, but what 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 to you is the best part of the new 308? Uh, what do you, when you look at this car, and you are you are sort of the, the the mother and the father of this car in some ways. What what are you most proud of uh, compared to the older version, compared to other cars you've been involved in? I know in the 2008, other cars in the past, but, but what's the best thing about this car for you? Luckily enough, I was there from the start, so from the beginning, and the very beginning was what shall we do? Uh, what what will make people want uh, a hatch in 2021 or ahead? Why, why would they buy this car, not a SUV? And I think what we come up with at the end of the day is very much an answer to that, is um, we offer a new 308, which will make people choose it because they want it, and not choose it because it's cheaper or a better bargain. Or it's, I think we come up with a very exciting car, but which is also uh, extremely efficient. and. It's not only words. I mean, we've been working very, very hard to make it as low as possible in terms of emissions and consumption, so that customers have every good reason to 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 just uh, fall in love with the car. You know, it's it will be rational and an and emotional decision, and that's what we wanted from the beginning. And I I'm quite confident that's what we get at the end. So let's see what customers would say, but I, I, I'm very proud of what we bring to customers currently. In English, we would say it's a very seductive looking car. It doesn't look like anything else in the segment, which, which is an interesting direction to take. Yeah, yeah it, it was critical. Yeah, definitely. We, had to, we wanted to appeal to customers and that they will fall in love with the car. But being very careful with every rational, because we know that we have extremely expert customers and they will not buy it only by because they love it. They need all the rationals behind. And that's the kind of balance we've been trying to, to bring to market. And I think we're quite close to what we wanted. I, th I think so. I think so. I'm looking, looking forward to driving it. But I wanted to, to thank you for your time. and. I know you had a, or had a busy day today, Agnes, but thank you. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to a and &E News Editor Peter Siegel for leading the interview this week. He reached Agnes Tesson-Faget at her office outside of Paris. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again next time.